coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts, we are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. I'll fight you to death on that take. You're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. The dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. My name is Peter Howard. I'm here with Jake Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at PA Howdy and him at NFL Draft Talker. We both write for DLF and as you probably guessed if you heard last week's episode, we're now associated with the DLF family of podcasts. Um, basically they asked us if we wanted to have Tom Kisslingberry introductions for the rest of time and uh, we weren't going to say no to that. Speaking of which, Jake, we've, we've gotten really popular lately, I guess, or uh, at least popular with companies, I don't know, because uh, the Corn Edge, Elliot Christ, who was on our podcast last week, um, actually reached out to us and asked us to be an affiliate for thequantedge.com. So we'll be able to give out a promo code for anyone who's looking to sign up for that, and we'll mention some of the things we're actually using on it to try and get better. <laughs> so um, hopefully that'll be beneficial for you guys and beneficial for them as well. Um, because we really want to support new websites doing new things. Thanks for tuning in this week, Jake. Um, how you doing today, fella? I'm doing good, and yeah, I think it's it, it's it's humbling to be a part of the DLF family of podcasts. Uh, very exciting to be there, and then also be affiliated with TQE. Uh, they're having some groundbreaking things going on on that website. And I'm excited to to dive into that and help our process. I think humbling's the wrong word. To disagree with you right off the bat, let's start with your word choice. Because humbling <laughs> suggests that we should be, but it's incredibly uh, an incredibly good thing, and we're incredibly not being arrogant about it, which in and of itself has this slight, but obviously we understand why. It's I have no idea why. Moronic. I have no idea why either of these great resources and websites have reached out to us. I feel a little bit like the kid that no one's figured out doesn't belong in their group the first week of high school, you know? Um, but still, 30-minute show on one player at a time. And who is that player this week, Jake? We are talking about one of the wide receivers who's been catching a decent amount of hype, and I think he was getting hyped a lot last year during the pre-draft process and also towards the end of the season when he actually started to see the field we are going to talk about chris godwin of the tampa bay buccaneers uh he was a third round draft pick last year in 2017 what was the draft 2017 that would be um so yeah we're going to talk about chris godwin do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i'll go first i got something to say so i'm gonna say just it first get it out, Peter. um i don't I don't know if I'm going to go for the player evaluation first. I mean, look, my, my player evaluation of wide receivers is very specific. As I've told you, I'm trying to narrow it down to the most useful things to keep the simplest decision tree so I don't 
you know, mess myself up. So if you've heard me talk about a wide receiver that hasn't broken out before, then you probably already know it. But I will sum it up. What I really want to start with is to collectively for anyone that listens to us say, woo, another episode, another podcast talking about Chris Godwin. Because I, I, if I'm hearing about it a lot on podcasts, then everyone's heard about it a lot on podcasts. Because I listen to a lot, but I always seem to be behind the news curve, right? Who's popular and who's not. I never seem to be in on who is in. And I know that I listened to three podcasts in a row just before we did this. And I was cooking dinner. I wasn't just ignoring my family. (laughs) (laughs) That's not not all I do. Anyway. Um, But definitely three podcasts. All of them featured, among other players Chris Godwin about how he is a good value sleeper this week player because here's the thing I think I'm going to be more pro Chris Godwin and I'm going to be harder sell Chris Godwin which is a really difficult and not difficult let's face it I'm doing it but it's going to be a lion to walk and what do you think about that is Chris Godwin a popular sleeper right now is Chris Godwin popular or is it just a podcast I listen to and then do you want to tell us what you actually think of the guy I I think he is very popular and I think He's been a player that I think he's had his truthers from the from the get go, and I think you know if he, if you are hearing him on several podcasts, and I too listened to uh, Matt Kelly talked about him with uh, what's his face from NFL Network Fantasy uh, Fabiano Fabs. I heard that episode, so um, that was the title. That was the title of their episode. So he's definitely catching some some steam. I was not a big fan of him pre-draft last season. As I, and it's not like I don't like the player, and I, I feel like I fall into this boat sometimes, and, and it's sometimes it's, it's I may be being the bad guy or just, just an asshole, but when I... I'd agree when with I, that. Yeah, that's fine. When I, when I hear a lot of steam for a player and hype for a player, and if I just don't see it or I think it's being overblown, for whatever reason in my nature... Um, you know, maybe just being devil's advocate, I, I feel the need to um, poke those people a little bit. And uh, a few days ago, I, I posted on Twitter, I think, I think I'm think i the only one who doesn't think Godwin is going to be an absolute superstar. Um, I, think, I think the hype is building, and I think it might be premature, and I think it might not happen at all. But for me, he's not a special player. Is he a good player? Is he solid? Absolutely. But he is not explosive. And and the thing that drives me crazy is... You and your special players, seriously. Everyone's got to be special. Not everyone can be special, Jay. Well, yeah, but that's what he's being hyped. He's being hyped up as a special player. That's, that's I think, my problem with him. And why he's being hyped up as a special player is the metrics say he's special, right? His his hey, workout hey. numbers were extremely good. Yeah, go ahead, cut me off. Yeah, I will. Stop. Ta- stop take the point. sass out of your voice when you say metrics. You sound like you're saying a dirty word. Hey. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, well, in this context, it's going to be a little bit dirty, just because. <laughs> for me, there's 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 game speed, and then there's there's time speed without pads, right? And Godwin's one of those guys that tested so much better than I thought he would. And I did not see that explosiveness on tape. He did produce at Penn State early and often. But for me, the the main thing that I don't like is that 
I don't see the explosive player that he tested as. He's not a phenomenal route runner. He has problems getting off of press coverage at times. He cannot really create separation. Are you saying he's got like a Doriel Green Beckham type? Not yeah. the exact problem, I mean, but that but type of problem. Like, and there's another thing. There's a clip of a training camp route. You know, like, he, and he looked like a tight end to me. And the thing is, he he plays like a really big wide receiver. But he's 6'1", 2'10", maybe. So he's not that big, and he measures really explosively. But I don't see it on tape. And like I said, I don't think he gets off press all that well. Um, when he gets free releases, he's good. He's a good slant wide receiver. He's a good possession wide receiver. He's good in contested situations, and he has good body control, but he's not going to outleap people. And there's plenty of instances when he when he leaves the ground when he doesn't have to. Like, And that drives me crazy is for wide receivers when they just jump to catch the ball in their stomach when they could just put their hands up. They don't hands catch? Continue... Yeah, well, no, it's not even it's not even so much that they don't hand catch. They could just continue running and not hands catch it. But they jump up to secure it like in their belly button. And anytime you lose your feet, especially at this level, it's it's really creating some, some bigger issues. You're not going to be able to do any – you're not going to get any yards after catch. You're basically going down um, right after the catch point. So that drives me a little bit crazy. Um, he does have good hands. Like I said, he has good body control. He has very good contact balance as a runner. Um, and he's he has good acceleration. So I think he has pretty good long speed. Um, but he's not agile. Um, he's not going to make people miss. So, again, I, I, can I, I ask, see... Can I go ask... Ahead. You put some of that in there, so I, I let you go a little longer. But can I ask what some of that looks like as someone who isn't mainly focusing on the... Oh, I obviously watch football. I enjoy the game. That's why I do this. But um, like when I watch it, I do it for fun. I don't want to ever kind of become the work that everything else I do is. So I, when I hear people say things, they sound like cliches, not cliches, but slogans. But to me, to my ears, because I don't know what they mean. So when you were saying some of that stuff, like you explained, like that particular catch, he jumped, put it in his belly button. I can visualize that. But what do you mean when you say something like he plays like a tight end? Like, I don't I just Give I, me a visual I, of what, or plays too big. Just I so, thought big was good. Yeah. No, why, what did I say? Well, those go hand in hand where he plays like a tight end because he doesn't have great movement skills. So he's a little bit lumbering in his, his, his routes. Okay. I don't think he has good foot quickness. Uh, you know, his hips aren't are, aren't all that great to get in and out of his stems and routes. Do you think he's in um, the wrong place in his routes a little bit, or maybe they're not quite no, as well think, timed think, because of that or something? Like, if you're lumbering, are you taking a wide no, arc, and therefore you arrive at a different time than if you took a shallow arc? Well, I think yeah, sure. For I, th- I think for him to accelerate, um, get to his stem, and then break is a slower transition okay. than it should be, especially by his workout metrics. So, and, and saying playing, he plays big is he, for being 6'1", 210 and measuring that way, you would expect him to be a much more explosive athlete on tape. So when I say he's slumbering or lumbering, when I say he looks like a tight end, when I say he, he looks like he's a bigger wide receiver than he is, and that's not necessarily in a good regard, because I'm not saying like he plays bigger as far as, you know, at the catch point or high pointing necessarily. 
I just think he 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 plays slower than he should for his size, and especially his workout metrics. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it did before. I'm just for, looking for a bit yeah. of visual. Yeah, and I think the thing is, I think he's got a. And I've I watch every every time I do player analysis and watch tape, I try to do watch or catch some background on him because I think that's also important. Something that I think goes overlooked is and i think he's got a really good head on his shoulders and i think he wants to be really good he's a good blocker and he cares about it he's talked about that in interviews he you know he's a team guy um so i think he's going to put the work into so i think he's got really good intangibles and that's something that could make him produce more than i think he should is just like an athlete or what i necessarily see on tape because he's a grinder and the effort is always there he's a high effort guy um it still sounds good, so, Jake. Yeah, no, and the, listen, I do like him. I just, I don't see the upside. Like, I don't see him ever being a wide receiver two in the league for fantasy. So I I think his upside is capped. Could he be a good contributor? Yes. But the thing is, he's got Mike Evans there attached to for his, the rest of his rookie deal. Um, he's got O.J. Howard there. He's got Cameron Bright there. And the problem is, I see uh, Chris Godwin as a very good, like, red zone threat. Like that's kind of his game, but um, and I and he's decent deep, but I don't think he separates well deep. Um, if that makes any sense, but the problem is with his play style, he's got Mike Evans there, he's got OJ Howard there, he's got Cameron Bate there. They're all red zone threats, right? So he's got a lot of competition in the area of the field that he succeeds in, and then he's also got your boy there, who I think is actually has a chance to have a higher ceiling than Chris Godwin and Justin Watson. Damn right. So, I have concerns with volume, and I have concerns with upside. upside. I think it's interesting I think, that you're on the... The way you're describing the team, and that's your concern with the team, that other players have it more upside. Because I go a really different direction. I have a similar... I have a concern in the same area, but I have a concern that if... Just about how you divide it up. I mean, I know I can't know the usage, but we do know something about the players like Mike Evans who have been on the team for a couple of years and proven themselves to be a certain level. As much as I rag on him, he has yeah, reached that also, level. You also hate Mike and Evans. This, you also hate Yeah, Mike exactly. And yet I can still admit that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And you know, I, I'm thinking of comparing it to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Like, Julio Jones is the reason I can't be too high on anyone behind him. Because while you can have, and you do from four teams roughly on average every year, have two top 24 wide receivers, I don't know how to predict that yet or say which team's going to do it. Sometimes teams that have done it before are more positive, but with the same players. I don't know that it matters that Roddy White once did it. I think because I think players own their value, own their production. So until someone on the team owns that much, I can't, I I don't have a better way of thinking about it than that. I'm looking for one, I swear. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey guys, this seems like a good place to cut us off since I came dangerously close to saying that Mike Evans was as much of a threat as uh, Julio Jones, which I I don't think. But we've got a, a promo ad to do that Jake did as a live read several times. <laughs> he, he could never get it perfect and he's too much of a perfectionist, but it does have a promo code so you can save money on the quantedge.com. So check it out and then we'll get right back to it. DFS players and sport bettors, listen up. 
No more getting crushed by the pros. With TheQuanEdge.com, you will have the tools you need to play like a pro. With a lineup optimizer, an injury tool, wide receiver cornerback matchups, and a head-to-head tool, you'll be armed with everything you need to win. Make up to 150 lineups in seconds. Get a true understanding of player values, see the weak matchups to exploit, and compare two players to help you make the decision you are on the fence about at thequanedge.com. It doesn't stop with groundbreaking tools. With 10 industry experts on staff, also get exclusive access to 20 betting and fantasy articles and podcasts a week, and you can join the TQE community by participating in the premium membership chat. We at Dynasty Crossroads have a special deal for our loyal listeners. Using promo code CROSSROADS, you get 15% off the season-long subscription, but you have to act fast. This deal only lasts until August 30th. Go to thequanedge.com to sign up today. Sorry, I cut you off a little bit. Uh, is there something else you want to add there? Because I also want to go into... No, you just... You, you completely threw me off my game here. And that I is my goal. Was. Honestly, no, honestly <laughs> I think I was pretty much I was pretty much done with what... A, with, what I had to say. If I if I remember anything else, I will certainly cut you off. I just well. cut all that because it sounds way too reasonable. <laughs> um, yeah, l- let me try and let you regroup after I rudely broke in to compliment you on your point, Jake. I'm very sorry. We've <laughs> done that. And yeah, rookie prospect evaluation. I like Chris Chris Godwin a lot. He broke out of the age eight at the age 19 he was incredibly productive in terms of a high percentage of his team's receptions and also of yards and he was pretty good in touchdowns in his last year as well but before i throw numbers at you and i had some concerns about those production now i'm trying to think more critically because i think his value is rising because everyone's mentioned but to continue you're supposed to be high i am i'm gonna cut you off right now because you've been bitching for weeks that we agree too much on this podcast so my main emphasis tonight was, well, let's find a player that we're not in agreement of. So I said, Peter, do you like Chris Godwin? And I think you said love him. Um, so I just assumed there'd be a lot of positivity. So at least ramp up the positivity so I can at least try to tear you down before you get to your concerns. Maybe if I could talk. <laughs> that would be a way for me to be positive, Jake. Now you know how I feel, Peter. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay, he broke out at the age 19, which uh, is really good. Um, you know, I break it down by draft round to help decide between players within the same draft round, because draft capital is ultimately the highest signal, which is still a very low signal, but it's still the highest signal we have of who is more or less likely to break out. And so within his draft round, age 19 is very good. Um, about, uh, I'm looking at tw- 24 here, he was drafted in the third round, 21.4% of players drafted in the third round, um, since 2000 have broken out with the top 24 uh, PPR season which is good but it's not as good as everything else but you also and I have mentioned this I don't know if I emphasize it enough the reason that really makes me pay attention to breakout age as well is overall category because once you start breaking it back down by draft round you're talking about single digits even since 2000 there are relatively few Uh, we get up to 16 and up to 20 in a few categories and but you don't ever get past double digits since 2000. There's just not been that many wide receivers to break out or enter the league for that matter. So looking at it overall, about 31.6% of 19-year-old breakout uh, players in college breakout for a top 24 wide receiver. That's second only, obviously, to 18-year-old breakouts. Um, and it's uh, a clear 10% more than players who break out with a 
20-year age breakout season, uh, if you can follow through that mess of words right there. So it is a very positive thing, and I'm really high on it. And to mention some more positive words, so I don't, you know, have Jake come through the screen at me here. Chris Grobman also caught over 30% of his team's receptions at the age of 19, and 30% of um, his team's receiving yards at age 19. He also had... Um, 37% of the team's touchdowns in his final year before entering the LF NFL. So all of those are really good numbers. And um, my draft cap, uh, my draft capital. So after the draft, when we know their draft capital model, put him above uh, 50% in terms of likelihood to break out. And for a third round player, that's pretty good. If you're interested in my draft round model or any of these numbers, and um, especially since 2014, I haven't since 2000, but I put up everything since 2014 so that I'll actually load and work for you. And um, if you go to my Twitter handle, um, look at my pinned tweet. It's got a link right to the spreadsheet with all of this stuff on. And you can see everyone since 2014 and how they did in both my pre and post draft um, draft models for how likely they are to become a top 24 wide receiver in their first three years. I also got all the data from a, a wise and wonderful man named Sean Slavin. So yeah, his market share is good. He broke out at age 19, which is an incredibly positive sign, and he was drafted in the first three rounds, which is another cutoff in terms of likelihood, right? If you're drafted in the first three rounds, even those people who value draft capital above all else, they'll value third round wide receivers, because lots of them break out from the third round. I, I think that's worth noting, because he's a second year player. I recently wrote an article for fsstatistics.com talking about when wide receivers tend to break out, in what year. You know, the third year breakout myth was always a myth, um, but what year are they most commonly, uh, most common do they become top 24 wide receivers? What year do they catch a thousand yards for the first time? And I broke all of that down since 2000. And it turns out their second year is actually the most likely year or the most common year for wide receivers to break out in the last 18 years. And so that's another good sign for Chris Godwin. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, the, the, what I see a lot of as far as being a film guy and trying to understand analytics and, and getting caught up in some metrics and analytics uh, as far as hype goes is everything sounds phenomenal, right? And that's where I see the disconnect with this player. Like, the metrics, the breakout, the situation might even seem really good. All of it sounds so good to me where I even start to question my evaluation. And then I go back and watch the tape again and just kind of meh. You know, I'm, I'm underwhelmed yeah. by his And that sounds great, field. Jake. But you can't tell me you felt that way about a player and then haven't been proven wrong and now you have a different opinion of him. That's happened to you, right? Oh, of course it is. I'm not talking in certainties. I'm and that's the same in... effect, right? How great they look on tape or how bad they look on tape has the same effect. It makes me go, well, shit, not everyone with these numbers breaks out. Maybe he's going to enter that category. But that the tape's not lied, but been wrong in the same way oh, that numbers Oh, of course it is. Sometimes. I would never say that my evaluation isn't ever wrong. I'm wrong all the time, but I'm going to stick to my evaluation. And is is... Does some of this make me want to hedge my bets a little bit? Sure. Like I said, it's very impressive. So it gives me some cause for concern as far as from my evaluation process. But <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say it. If I'm going to be say wrong, something it's going to be... Yeah, I don't know how <laughs> to say it new. If I'm going to be wrong, it's going to be because my evaluation is wrong. 36% of them have done it for the first time in their second year. 
the closest next to that is their third year. 20% of players that have caught 1,000 yards did it in their third year. So that's a 16% drop-off, and nearly 17% in terms of how many players actually do it for the first time, mm-hmm. which sounds wrong, in their third year compared to their second year. 11% do it in their first year, which is why rookie wide receivers don't produce is more common. That's 31 total players out of 84 who have actually hit that mark for the first time since 2000. That's what has me... I liked his rookie profile, but I had concerns you wouldn't let me tell anyone about. I had concerns that did not hold me back last year. That was going to be my my, my crux here. I loved him. Last year was my favorite year so far, (laughs) definitely since 2014, to take wide receivers in the second and third round because there was so many of them I liked in that range that it didn't really matter who was getting hyped. There was someone else that I found with similar things that I liked that was falling to me. So I've got a lot of Chris Goblin and Tywin Taylor, and um, right now I think his value's up. Is that what you're saying, basically, Jake? That um, he his value's rising, so you're and you don't understand why based on the tape. Yeah, I mean that's basically where I'm at. Is is I think the hype is building, and I think it's I've been off of it since pre-draft. I mean that there was a lot of people hyping him up last year, but I just wasn't a huge fan. And uh, but I got to be honest, when I I was more impressed with his film as a rookie think i think he is a very solid player i think he's i think he's reliable that that's, it's also that's worth biggest... noting that he caught more receiving yards last year than any other rookie he caught 552 receiving yards compared to kenny galladay who was second 477 compared to Corey davis who was third who caught 375 who didn't break out last year <laughs> juju is a different story right. and he has an age 18 breakout age at this point and that shit out. but there is a correlation there's a connection between the number of yards you catch year one and the next year and you're more likely to catch more yards the following year depending on how high how many yards you catch the year before and so in that way using just thinking about that and you shouldn't just think about one thing as few as possible that matter and even from your perspective doesn't catching over 500 yards as a rookie camp for a little no it does it absolutely does and the reason i'm looking for concerns is because i do think jake's right here and that the value is surging um so chris godwin this time last year was being drafted as a 64 uh wide receiver or 64th at adp 140 this time this month in august the same time uh a year later he's the 51st wide receiver off the board at adp 107 so it's a 30 pick jump in overall adp and a a close to 10 positional jump and again that's not terrible actually because he did catch more yards than anyone other than juju smith schuster in his first year so what what yards does a little bump have cooper cup had to have more yards than that well i'm talking about just wide receivers that didn't break out I so got he's not on my list. I got you, I got you. And gotcha. so, yeah, Juju and Cup aren't on the list. And I also just refuse to mention Cup. There you go. <laughs> um, so I do think he deserves a bump based on just, just those 575 yards because yeah, he showed the most positive production from his class without breaking out. <laughs> but we've, we've also seen how this um, slow roll of hype builds. That's my concern. How- how quickly this could get out of control. Right? I think if I hear about him on three different podcasts and you come at me with, I think I can nail you with Chris Godwin, I think there's some hype running around here. I think 51 is low. I think that's low right now. This was at the start yes, of August, yes, yes. right? I think he's in yes. the 40s. 
I can't prove it, but yes. I think it. Yes. <laughs> I think it real loud. Yes, too. And I was actually going through both of our rankings, and I didn't. So my concerns. The reason I'm looking for concerns is because a wide receiver actually breaking out is a low odds proposition. It doesn't matter who it is. Calvin Johnson was a low odds proposition, even though he was the highest odds proposition I, I think I have in my model. Where was I? Why am I looking for concerns? It's because I think that ADP is a little bit of a lie right now, just based on how much I'm hearing about him. That he is a second year wide receiver. That he did catch more yards than anyone that didn't break out. Ooh, oh what? my gosh. I have to cut you off right here. I just pulled, I just pulled up DLF Trade Finder, right? And guess what the first trade is on here? Straight up, Chris Godwin for Derrick Henry. And that was done three days ago. I'm fine with that. That is absurd. I'm fine with it. What? Fine with it. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. And then we actually start to see that we all do feel differently. <laughs> Derrick Henry's going in, what, the fifth round of startups? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And this is just based on a, not in depth, but just generally. What I'm gonna, what, how I'm gonna look at that is, we know who running backs are quicker. We know a lot more about Derrick Henry right now than we know about no, we Chris don't, Godwin. Because he hasn't gotten, they both he hasn't have higher upside. He hasn't got an opportunity. How do we know? It's about a story. Henry? It's a story. Yeah, but. You earn opportunity with who you are. That that's that's my entire that's process. That's not true. Now when no, you, that, that, I, I know it's not true a lot of a times. Guy, a running right? back that's making that's that's a top five paid running yep. back. You're not going to get that much opportunity when you got Demarco Murray on the roster. Yeah, and if we go back through the the examples that I've used to decide that this is the quickest way I can get to the best pro, the best answer since we don't actually know the truth, we'll have examples like that too. A guy who looked good, was definitely good at the game, highly drafted enough, but for some reason there was a higher paid prospect or a better a prospect that is more proven in front of them, and he just took the reins. But then that player also never broke out. There, there'll be examples, there'll be stories, narratives, reasons. Stories are a little insulting, but reasons like that in the list of players that haven't broken out before if they haven't yeah, but- broken out by now. Now he's not—he's not out of the curve. He's still in the he could break out range because I also broke down running backs and when they break out, he could easily break out this year and it wouldn't be exceptional. And the reason I reacted to that trade that way is purely for that reason. I know That's just because bad trade because of value. It's just number. I don't care how you. How uh, you yeah. How okay, you I could go with that, Derek. But if you think that's an okay trade, that's a big problem. Well, you should. I said I'm no, fine with it. No, you can't be fine. It's good from a value perspective. It, I can be. I can be fine with whatever <laughs> I want to be. That's <laughs> an awful trade. I'm fine with you right now. <laughs> I'm doing it right now, Jake. <laughs> I'm being fine all right, with it. All right. How about, <laughs> I'm how crazy. about yeah. this one? That's a, that's a really it's a really bad take. I'll fight you to death on that take. I don't know. Player-wise, I, I get it. <laughs> I got to look back through this. I got to... I'm going to find out that this team name... Again, I wasn't arguing value, but player-wise, I get it. If you want um, Chris Godwin for Derek Henry, I get it. I'm just saying you, I'm you can add to that. I'm going to go through and find out who this team name is and find out that... <laughs> no, 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 that one actually <laughs> wasn't me. I don't think so. I don't feel I like we have an end. One more time. <laughs> like a... Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be our conclusion. I don't know if we really... I never know if we really talk about a player enough. I think I think the conclusion is that I would probably sell him. I think that's where we're coming down on it. Hopefully the irate nature of Jake's 
um, reaction to my I'm okay with that tr- on, on one particular I don't think I've ever, I've <laughs> well, never been so shut upset shut and disappointed in any you are misconce- you're misrepresenting my position <laughs> so <laughs> never said that um, but anyway, uh, yeah we gotta get out of here cause Jake looks like he's about to fall over he can't hack the late night thing um, it's only an hour and a half 30 minute <laughs> podcast we do every week yeah yeah the editing's easy, Jake. Oh, I gotta tell you. Is... No, takes minutes. Um, we'll see you again next week. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if you would like more or less of anything that we just did or something else you'd like to hear us compare or do. Um, and in particular, look out for that trade poll to see to vote for who we should actually talk about on next week's episode. Um, oh, also remind you that the Quant Edge affiliate uh, code thing if you want that discount is Crossroads thanks for checking us out and coming to the Crossroads this week I've had fun as I always do alright see you next week Bye. you're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create alright I'm gonna try this one more time dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create See the weak. What the hell? With thequanedge.com, you will have the tools to make. I almost fucking made it. With the lineup optimizer, an injury tool. What the fuck is my deal? Yeah, I think you might have to go with one of the earlier ones. One more time.